I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. Flex, how are you today? I am well. I've been sleeping really, really, really good. Really good, really well. I don't know, English. In my new house because I have blackout blinds, which means that once the blinds are down, it cancels out all the light. Oh my God. I love that. Have you been moving? How is that? Oh, it's been, it's fine. I Before I moved in, when I was negotiating with the realtor, they had agreed to do yeah. certain things in the house to kind of get me to move into the house. So for instance, the rooms don't have any built-in wardrobe storage. They're like, we'll build it for you. And then one of the lights, oh wow, um, like they took out a, a ceiling fan in one of the rooms to replace it with just a normal light bulb. But in the process, stuffed yeah. it up. So one of the rooms don't doesn't have light. So I'm like, hmm, hey, like, can we fix this ASAP? But the thing (laughs) about not having the built-in wardrobe is that there's nowhere to put the clothes. And without putting the clothes away, that means I still have the boxes that I hired. And so now I'm paying an overdue fee for the boxes. But I'm going to take my clothes out of the boxes and put on the floor? No, that's not reasonable. So the only (laughs) room in my house that's, like, even close to being, not even done, is the living room. So I just spend all my time in here. But aside from that, it's fine. (laughs) I'm fine. I love that. I've actually also been apartment hunting. Really? Which is such an... Yeah, it's such an interesting time to apartment hunt in New York. Mm. So, A, it's like the most time-consuming thing. Like, I feel like 80% of my time now goes to that. Yeah. But the market is so good. (laughs) So because, like, the world is ending and, like, all the rich people have left, it it even feels like the city feels this is my best version of new york like it's not too many people (laughs) i bike around now because there's like barely any cars in manhattan it's just really lovely and so yeah i just go hopping from like apartments that i wouldn't even dream to like rent in because i'm a broke bitch But now they're so desperate that they just are bending over backwards. (laughs) And I'm also projecting that, like, after election season, the market is going to be even better because, like, there's just going to be a civil war. Like, all that that jazz. So I'm just, yeah, trying to be strategic Mm -hmm. and, like, waiting it out until shit really hits the fan so I can, like, just get something good. Wait, so I wanted to clarify, by your standards um, and also New York standards, what is something good? Like, what are these apartments you're looking at that you would usually not look at? So usually I wouldn't even bother looking at, like, a two-bedroom, two-bathroom. I wouldn't look at something with, like, a pool. These are apartment buildings. I wouldn't look at anything with, like, a pool or, like, the amenities are kind of a scam because you don't really need them. Um, but I've been looking at all these buildings that have like 
theaters in the buildings and pools and spas and like all that stuff and it's really reasonable um but also just like space like so most new york apartments are absolute shit you just live in a car you just live in a cardboard box like mm. you don't even get you have to walk up five flights of stairs to live in a cardboard box that you share with a roach and a rat <laughs> that don't pay rent. Like that's that's like New York on a good day. Um, but like, yeah, west south facing windows. Um, so you get good lighting space. I've seen quite a few with walking closets. Nice. Um, like just nice finishes, too. So it's they're like renovated, too um yeah and like a few with like a few on the lower east side with gardens oh pretty um and to get a garden yeah to get a garden in new york is madness madness so yeah i feel like a lot of people have moved out so a lot of the real estate people are really desperate Mm -hmm. the way they send me emails every day just being like (laughs) hey "Hey, just wanted to follow up we'll give you four months rent free Ah! (laughs) which also is a scam (laughs) yeah that's that shit's definitely a scam yeah like that shit is always a scam but i can see how desperate everyone's even when i um i reach out to them to like do a tour they they respond so quickly mm. like just the quickest res- so yeah it's a really different what a time i feel like new york is it's definitely the fall but it's like it's full of like young people now it's just a better city i love it i wonder how long it's going to stay as it is and when you're going to start to see it re uh regress pro- i don't know yeah regress back to what it was like before being cramped and very expensive i know yeah i have no idea but it's also because like this is the city where a lot of like fashion week used to happen here which is also dying um like the met gala i feel like without all those things a lot of industries just like the hospitality industries rely so much on these events that mm-hmm. can no longer happen and probably won't happen for maybe another two years. It feels like a so. flow on effect. Cause you know how often you say, let's say last episode, for example, you said we've outgrown the need for celebrities. I feel like this time mm. pandemic Corona has shown our, the fact that we've outgrown the need for a lot of things. And so perhaps without this shakeup, oh, we would have just continued to do things that don't really serve a purpose. So I, I would say for the, yeah. the greater community, I'm talking just average civilians, Fashion Week isn't necessarily yeah. something that impacts what we do, what we wear, how we wear it. Yes, indirectly through it trickling down into mm. department stores, but it's not really on our social calendar. But the way it's yeah. elevated by mainstream media, you would think it was as big as an election. <laughs> and so and yet, as people yeah. begin to invest less and less money into it and less time, you begin to see the cracks in the illusion and suddenly it's like, oh, maybe we don't need to be you know, closing down streets to look at clothes. Maybe we Literally. don't need this. <laughs> no literally I remember like so I used to go to USC Mm -hmm. maybe they'll sue me for saying this but anyway I used to go to USC which is like in LA and right across the street from my apartment building they held um fuck I can't remember the name of the awards but there were these like this award show so they'd 
once a year the street was just lined with like paparazzi and cel- and the way people would line up just <laughs> to see like just to like wave at kim kardashian americans love lines. and i've noticed <laughs> yo the way i refuse to you cannot pay me to line up for anything that's like, cultural you couldn't pay me to line up for a million dollars like i just literally but i realized that like Every time something comes out in the Apple store, people will line up. But I think it's the experience of lining up for something that is like more enticing than the product itself. It's a really mm. weird like psychological thing. Absolutely. But I was I noticed the MTV Awards were happening when sometime last month or whatever, and I realized they that like they weren't even trending. Like no one People, like you said, people are really divesting from celebrity culture, or at least I'd like to think they are. But I see so much since the pandemic began, Mm. I see so much less celebrity news, celebrity gossip. And I wonder if it's because people are more jobless Mm. or if it's because there's like an increasing hatred of billionaires, celebrities and like the 1% in general. Like I, I, yeah. And I wonder like, what is capitalism without celebrities? Cause like celebrities are the employees of white supremacy and the employees <laughs> of capitalism. But like, you know what I mean? Like, what is it without people worshiping? Why are you going to say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Just so casually. It's absolutely true though, because as somebody who works with and for MTV, on a project basis, you would think that I'd be well-versed in when these things happen. The only reason why I knew it happened yeah. was because two days later, I saw on Doja Cat's Twitter, it was in my like Twitter popular newsfeed thing that she had worn an outfit. And I was like, oh, they still did that this year? Wild. I know. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Sad. I mean, it's yeah, not a bad really thing, but yeah, things, things are changing. And it, and. It's interesting to see how these changes are applying and if they're subconscious or conscious. And I mean, like you said, it's probably the combination of people you know, not having the mental capacity or the energy to be as involved in celebrity lives when, com- by contrast, your life is, is shit, <laughs> you know? Like, it's no yeah, longer yeah. <laughs> flattering to watch people complain about having to, you know, isolate in their $20 million mansions or it's no Literally, longer interesting yeah. for celebrities to put on the facade of being average civilians. <laughs> like, that's not cute either. Yeah. At one no, point, it was endearing. Yeah. So, you know, you're Hillary Duff's the world. Be like, I just went grocery shopping. Oh, I love Whole Foods. And now you're like, shut up. We don't want to yeah, hear like, it. Yeah, like, shut the fuck. Bitch, <laughs> people are so aggressive too. <laughs> I have noticed this year, there's been more cancellations of celebrities than ever before. Absolutely. Like, Especially at the beginning of the... Pa- every day was a new celebrity being cancelled. It, if it wasn't... If it's not Ellen DeGeneres, it's Oprah. And it's like really like people that you would never think. But people are now tired of Oprah. Like, bitch, mm. shut the fuck... Uh, like, we're not trying to hear that shit. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. The mighty have seeing, fallen. I think the rise of cancel culture. Yeah. But that's always been the interesting thing about celebrity culture is that like you just can't rely on like fandoms, you know, you just can't because people put you on a pedestal only to resent you for being on the pedestal they put you on. One, on one more time. Hand, people want someone to <laughs> worship. 
<laughs> and then on another hand, people don't want to feel inferior to anyone. Mm-hmm. So they want to worship someone, but once you've been worshipped, they're like, bitch, you think you're better than me? Mm. And that's just the paradox of celebrity. It's just unsustainable. And it happens with every single celebrity. I see this trend a lot on TikTok. I feel like (laughs) the way I reference TikTok in my every... I reference TikTok in a corporate meeting. I reference TikTok to my mom. (laughs) But honestly, it's been so instrumental in my growth and learning. But I notice on TikTok there... No, I love it. It's very cyclical in nature and trends come and go very quickly. And I notice that when new it girls, it girls especially pop up, People in the comments are saying, you know, you guys are going to hate her in a week. She's going to do something to get cancelled in a week. And it happens every oh, time. interesting. It's people get amplified yeah. and put on these pedestals so high that no matter what your indiscretion is, you're falling from so high that it looks like it's worse than it is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's for really interesting. Interesting is the wrong word, but sometimes it's really minor inconsequential things. And other times you're like, mm. get off the platform. <laughs> Focus on yourself. (laughs) But I want to talk about, um, in terms people have been cancelled, Bella Thorne. Let's get into it, bitch. We're a little bit late to it, it. but it's not something that I would have thought to discuss had it not developed um, as a story. And I think what I'm liking about letting news sit for a moment is that we're able to see if new developments pop up and then we're able to also understand Mm. what we actually feel about them without, you know without the input of the rest of the world and the headlines. So basically, for those who don't know Bella Thorne, it's interesting. She was, she used to be on the Disney channel. She starred in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, She's 22. She's like, so that's like one half of her career. And the other half is her being a really, she's just involved with a lot of TikTok YouTube people. She used to date this girl called Tana Mojo. She's now dating someone else. She was in a public thr- a thruple, like a polyamorous relationship. She's known to be oh, quite interesting. sexually liberated. I use that in quotations because, you know, that's just perception. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very like, she has like a very <laughs> like messy, I don't shower type vibe and look. And I think she's oh, also no. got, she's got also launched a makeup line. But, you know, she's just a, a, a Disney Channel star who's grown out of that. So imagine Miley Cyrus when she grew out of being Disney Miley oh, okay. and then became like kind yeah. of like sexy, rocker, raunchy vibes. I feel like somebody's mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> basically she had... That is me, literally. <laughs> she'd announced that she was going to launch an OnlyFans. Um, and as we know, OnlyFans is a website that allows creators to upload content using a subscription-based model it also means that you know you can put your content behind a paywall so people now have to pay money to invest in what you're promoting and there's a ton of shit on OnlyFans people are teaching you how to make pasta teaching you how to edit videos showing you the behind the scenes of content they create but also it's been highly popularized by sex workers and basically Mm -hmm. sex workers have used this platform as a place to dictate you know, how they work, what they work. And also it's regulated in a way that favors them. Um, They're able to set base standards for the service they provide, but also, um, also, you know, get tips and and offer 
other services for more money. So basically it's like complete autonomy in terms of how sex workers are able to use the internet. Whereas if they were going to use other platforms, they would be penalized and villainized and it just would be a, it just be a mess. And so the general consensus is and has been that OnlyFans is a site for adult content. It's not the only way you can use it, but it's the most popular way. So usually when celebrities and influencers say they're going to use OnlyFans, there's this perception that they're going to upload explicit content because generally like that's what the app is for. And it's usually um, the same, I mean, I don't want to say the same type, but a very particular type of um, sexually like liberated, open, like woman who's like, I'm going to use OnlyFans. People are like, oh, fuck yeah, she's going to upload nudes. It often doesn't happen, but sometimes it does. So when people heard that Bella Thorne was going to start an OnlyFans, a lot of them took issue to that because she's very famous. Like she's not, although she might not be a household name, her estimated net worth is between like five and $12 million. And she's, she's like owns a weed business. She has like 24 million. Pardon? She has like 24 million Instagram followers. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah, she's she's popping. She owns a weed business weed business she owns a makeup business she's in every second disney movie netflix movie she's popping you know she's not someone who um not to say that you like whatever not going to clarify but yeah she's popping so people are kind of yeah, like and, and generally people assume you make an only fans for the fact that you can pay extra for the content that you're providing not because you're rich and just want to show your body whatever yeah so she <laughs> So she jumps on OnlyFans and after 24 hours on the platform, she discloses that she's made a million dollars. People didn't like that, obviously, because there's this kind of, of um, there's this kind of understanding that, you know, by celebrities jumping on the platform, it commercializes it, but also it, it can indirectly move some of that traffic elsewhere. So why would, you know, mm. Joe Blow go follow you Mandy 21 from Arizona when he can go follow a celebrity and see her tits. Yeah. So there's that kind of friction, but generally speaking, OnlyFans isn't like Instagram in the sense that there's no explore page. There's no way to randomly find somebody's page. You need to be directed there by their link. So the argument is that by a celebrity being on OnlyFans, they're not technically or directly capitalizing or affecting somebody else's income. It's more so indirectly. By the end of yeah. the week that she was on OnlyFans, she ended up making like $2 million. So people were like, um, okay, this is a lot of money. And it was, it, it was public knowledge. She was bragging about it in a sense. And so it, what ended up happening was that very quickly after Bella Thorne jo- joined the platform, OnlyFans had changed their terms and conditions, right? So basically what had happened was Bella Thorne was charging uh, a subscription fee, but she was also offering people to pay an extra $200 for nude content of her. So let's say, for example, I would get on OnlyFans and it'd be $5 a month for you to have full access to my OnlyFans. And for an additional $200 per piece of content, you could get a topless photo of me or like a photo of my cooch, you know? So like you're buying add-ons, right? But, you know, the add-ons usually need to be of a higher quality or more explicit quality or more valuable quality Mm. for them to be worth it because you're already paying to be on the OnlyFans. So she was charging $200 for nudes. 
Um, and what ended up happening is that which weren't even nudes. <laughs> exactly, they they weren't nudes. But was worse than this is that she had about fifty thousand subscribers, and they said that the majority of them were paid the extra two hundred dollars for these nudes. And when people had, because what you can do is like you can also ask the like the creator what is in this like what am i getting and she had stressed like yep you're getting fully naked nudes you're getting nudes you're getting nudes i'm going to be like you know you know like titties jiggling leg spread cooch on display yeah, like nudes. Butt ass. Yeah. they were not nudes it was more lingerie photos so predictably customers complained and asked for a refund now the issue with this is that when you get thousands of refunds and also the the cost to process these refunds and it's like a ton of time wasted as well. It's a lot of money for a site to spend because as you can imagine, OnlyFans doesn't have stock. It's like the Uber model in the sense that they're helping you provide a service. But for them themselves, right. the money they make is taking a cut from what you generate. So if now for right. some reason they have to now pay people heaps, pay people back, you know, give you refunds, um, processing costs for the OnlyFans platform, PayPal, Stripe, whatever, suddenly you're losing a lot of money very quickly. So mm, what happened yeah. is that previously, you know, you could, the site would allow you to set your, from my understanding, the site would allow you to set your own price for this extra content. But following what Bellathorn did, they capped it to um, uh, $50 for exclusive content and they capped tips at $100. Because before, there'd been no maximum amount for either fee. So let's say I'm on OnlyFans. Someone's like, show me those big old titties. I'll pay you 500 bucks. Simple. I could extract that dollar amount. Now, I could only pay, someone could only pay me between $50 and $100 extra. Now, you have to imagine, for people who are making their livelihood on this app, this is a huge fucking issue. Because you were yeah. basically operating in a very unregulated territory in the sense that you could really dictate what you want to charge to for anything that you wanted, you know? Like, it seems pretty fair to me that if I'm going to jump on the app and show somebody anything of perceived value, that I'm able to set that value at what I think it's worth, not have it be dictated by the platform. Because if I was showing my raw right. cooch for $300 per person and I got to max it at 50 bucks, suddenly I got to show my raw cooch six more times to make what I was already making. Yeah. And so the other issue is that because of this Bella Thorne scam. And by the way, OnlyFans stressed that it wasn't because of Bella Thorne, but it happened right after it. So it had to be. But before- So clearly it is because it of- It is. Yeah. Before, creators were paid um, weekly. You know, so you would show your raw cooch, you show people how to make pasta, show them how to edit videos, and then you were paid on a weekly basis. But now they had moved it to be paid on a monthly basis, which fucks a lot of people oh over as God. well. Because if you're used to budgeting week yeah. to week and suddenly it's month to month- I'm sure most people would have an issue with doing so. So at the time, a bunch of sex workers jumped online to express their concern as to why this was an issue. And obviously a lot of uneducated people were like, oh my God, get a real job, get a real job. Like you can't get mad. Yeah, she's not, course. she's not coming for your audience. She didn't do anything wrong, but we can see predictably that her actions have caused a much greater follow on effect. Right. So she, Bellathon comes out and she's like, you know, I didn't, um, she said that, let me find her tweet actually, because I think it's best we read yeah. this out <laughs> because it's just like, mm. somebody That said, was the most disgusting part for me. Yeah. The fact that she really tried to justify her actions with like performative activism. Mm -hmm. Are you mad? So loud. So, okay. Her tweet said, 
Uh, where did it go? Did she delete them? Oh, no, they're here. All right, do you have it? Yeah, you can read it. Yeah. Okay, so it says part one. Remove the stigma behind sex, sex work, and the negativity that surrounds the word sex itself by bringing a mainstream face to it. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to help bring more faces to the site to create more revenue for content creators on the site. I wanted to bring attention to the site. The more people on the site, the more likely of a chance to normalize the stigmas. And I'm trying to do, and in trying to do this, I hurt you. I have risked my career a few times. No, you did, bitch. No, you didn't. This is this is the shit. I'm now going to fight her. I have risked my career a few times to remove the stigma behind sex work, porn, and the natural hatred people spew behind anything sex related. I wrote and directed a porn against the highbrows of my peers and managers because I wanted to help. No, you did it, bitch. This was all branding. I need, I, this is the shit. I really hate when celebrities do this shit. Anyway. She continues to say, I am a mainstream face. And when you have a voice, a platform, you try to use you in helping others and advocate for something bigger than yourself. Again, in this process, I, I hurt you. And for that, I'm truly sorry. P.S. I'm meeting with OnlyFans about the new restrictions to find out why. This is fucked up and I'm sorry. Comment any ideas or concerns you want brought up to OnlyFans and send me your links your links and a pic so I can promote you guys. Bitch. Yikes. And to add to that, she had also said thing. later on, um, she had elaborated and said that she was also going to be making a new like feature film about the sex industry as well. And that she'd be working with a director called Sean Baker. And so... But see, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> if you claim that you were really trying to help sex workers, you would use your platform to elevate sex workers' voice voices instead of opening your big mouth and yelling on their behalf who asked you like i just who asked her to do this that she feels she must save sex workers Mm -hmm. from their plight Mm -hmm. like how she's so far removed from a problem that even if she was genuinely sincere which i don't believe she is even if she was genuinely sincere she would have zero range to be able to help anyone or even like even know what type of help sex work is like are you decriminalizing sex work like is that what you're doing no you're not so sit down and open your purse like if you really wanted to help sex work you would open your purse and cash up every single one of them (laughs) but you didn't because you wanted clout and you wanted fame and you used performative activism and feminism this is peak white feminism by Mm. the way this is like the the peak of white feminism. I'm so tired. And also, I mean, people were also arguing in the comments that like not once on her feed has she gone out of her way to promote currently existing working sex workers or to open up. If she's going to be the conduit to sex work, the path starts and stops with her. And so also she's Mm. gatekeeping the industry in a sense because, yeah, perhaps, you know, she might introduce some of her younger fans to the idea of commodifying your body in that way, but she's their only point of reference. And so suddenly (laughs) she becomes the expert Bella Thorne 
on sex and sex work when she's not a sex worker she's just somebody who enjoys sex so um but i digress so she said that she was going to be working with this filmmaker who makes porn and also documentaries on sex work and that was another justification as to why she wanted to jump on the platform and that what she was doing like using only fans and partaking was um like her method acting this was her experimenting but then the guy sean baker he makes a statement and he says that he'd like to make it clear that the news of him making a film documentary or fiction narrative about OnlyFans and using bella thorne as research is false he said he's not attached to this project he's actually in development on two I'm other features <laughs> that he's put years of research and love into and neither of these films have anything to do with bella thorne or OnlyFans. Earlier this month, he said he had a conversation with her and discussed the possible collaboration in the far future that would focus on her life and the circumstances leading to her joining OnlyFans. On that call, he advised her team to consult with sex workers and address the way she went about this as to not hurt the sex industry. This has been the extent of his involvement with her. He says he's an ally and he's literally devoted his career to telling the stories that remove the stigma and normalize lifestyles that are under attack. He would never do anything that could possibly hurt the community. So please know that this news is not correct. This is what gets me because it's one thing to jump mm. on Twitter. You know, somebody said in response to her <laughs> tweet, was this a resume or an apology? <laughs> it's one thing to I do literally... that and justify your actions through whatever means you think is necessary but that ploy or that power play of bringing in another person to now add validity to your actions or your justifications. And this person then comes and says, oh no, 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 no. This is not I don't know me. her. <laughs> I don't know her. I'm sorry to this woman, but I don't know her. That, ouch. That one really hurt Bruh. my feelings. <laughs> no, the clownery, like the actual, wow. I, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is exactly why people are tired of celebrities like yeah. it's every day every day it's also like you already are a multimillionaire. like did you really need to destroy millions of people's careers for mm. another million like sometimes wow. i feel like when we make reference to white feminism it kind of goes in one ear and out the other because people might assume we're just talking about white people but also it goes, oh, we yeah, must we go on record clarify. to say that a lot of the feminism that we were all exposed to in the very early stages is peak white feminism. And what I say by mm, that is when your feminism yeah. starts and stops at hairy armpits, not wearing a bra and <laughs> yeah. the pay gap. Titties. You know, or like men mansplaining, yeah. men mansplaining. If that's the extent of yeah. your feminism, that's most reference. That's more of what we're referencing for white feminism. But also, yeah. uh, what that does include and is girl like, boss culture. Pardon? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And girl boss. Like, I yes, feel like that yeah, whole yeah. girl boss movement was peak white feminism. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's huge. And yeah. Rachel Cargill, who everyone should follow on Instagram if you want to be educated on topics like this, she had um made a, an article or written an article for Harper's Bazaar to explain like the white feminism playbook. And I feel like a lot of people should brush up on what that is because um mm. like I said, like I'm no longer in the business of trying to educate uplift and like adjust the intellect of people who aren't my close 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 friends I don't I no longer yeah. engage with in conversation with people who maybe aren't as aware as I am with the intent to try and teach them because to me that's far too much work and I get bored of it and it also it does sour my interactions with a lot of people because it puts me it makes me put myself it makes me put myself on a bit of a intellectual pedestal and it's almost removed oh. me from my ability to just enjoy. Like, not everything needs to be my problem. And I find this to be the issue when <laughs> when people speak to me about um, some of like the, the white entertainers, the white influencers that I'm friends with, as if it's now my job to educate them and show them the way, the truth, and the oh, light. No, baby, no. That's for you. Yeah. Because the difference between me and you is that yeah. you look for them for insight and you look for them for explanations on how you should be better. And in the process, they've shown you that they're just people. I've seen that for what it is. Yeah. I'm not disillusioned into thinking that people are on the same level of awareness, especially when they don't have yeah. the lived experience that I might. So as part of the toxic white feminism playbook, a few things that come up quite often is obviously tone policing in the sense that, you know, uh, people, it's when, yeah, people say that you should say things nicer or refer to your situation as better or like, don't say all cops are this, like you maybe just say it a little bit nicer. Another thing that people yeah. do is spiritual bypassing where, and this is, this one fucking gets me going when people want to skirt around that? the realities of the situation by wanting to like lead with love and light. And if we just spread a little bit <gasps> no. more empathy oh and my spread God. a bit more love, then maybe we wouldn't be in this position when it's just realistically, just that, it's so only. demeaning. So, so, so it is, demeaning. <laughs> it's also such a paradox because it's like, the very premise of the spirituality that people use to dismiss marginalized voices is colonial. Mm -hmm. Like the premise of your spiritual beliefs are colonial, are white supremacist. I also like, I feel like people need to understand there's a level of um, spirituality that is actually just very much rooted in white supremacy. Like on some level, the ability to even engage with spirituality and be like i just want good vibes only is really not a product of enlightenment it's really just a byproduct of privilege like like we really need to stop putting people on a pedestal for having enough privilege and intellectual and emotional liquidity to decide that they just want good vibes only. Mm -hmm. I'm beyond anger. <laughs> Remember that um, <laughs> that influencer who got dragged for being like, black people just need to yeah. stop being so Don't negative. Don't be so negative. Like, just like, yeah, be grateful. Just see the bright side. <laughs> just be grateful and like lead with love. And like all this negativity isn't going to help you. She even went as far as to imply that the reason black people, which is a common belief, by the way, and very similar to this idea of manifest destiny, which is some other bullshit 
that we'll get into another day. But she even went as far as to imply that black people experience black suffering because of their own karma. Yeah, like what Kanye was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Bruh. Oh my gosh. It's wild. Rachel Cargill then goes on to educate everybody about the white savior complex, which essentially is when people who have been accused of harboring racist beliefs or being racist generally will go on their way to insist that they're not the problem and they're not racist because of what they've done for insert minority here. So maybe including that, like, oh, my best friend is black or I'm dating a black guy or, like, I always donate to the dying African children, therefore I could not be. Also, it's an extension of the white saviour complex is when you colonise spaces. So when you assume that the addition of you in this space would make it better. (laughs) So, like, when people go... When people go to developing countries and say, I see what you believe in and I acknowledge that, like, there's a spirituality here, but have you seen God? (laughs) Literally, literally. I see that you can make your houses out of mud and earth, but what about cement and asbestos <laughs> like yeah. as if they really did something but that's basically also what bella thorne did it exactly. was just white saviorism mm-hmm. and also like she just rolled up into a space that's not hers colonized it and was like but i was just trying to help you because i'm better than you guys mm-hmm. like why are you even mad and she centered herself because as i said before um The ego tells you that, you know, you have the wherewithal to fix the problem. So her way of viewing the situation Mm. was from her perspective of saying that I I see a problem and I want to fix it. But by fixing it, it now requires me to also be the face, lead the charge, profit. (laughs) um, And also, like, she centered herself, which she put herself at the center of the problem um, and created herself as the mm. center of the solution. And I want to read out what Rachel yeah. wrote because I think it's very, very, very apt. And she's written it in such simple English that I doubt anyone yeah. could misinterpret what she said. She says, centering is the most common of all. White women get so caught up in how they feel in a moment of black women expressing themselves that they've completely vacuumed the energy, direction and point of the conversation to themselves and their feelings. They start to explain why race is hard for them to talk about what they think would be a better solution to the topic at hand and perhaps at the women of and perhaps what women of color can do to make it more palatable. Now, we can use like I said before, I feel like a white feminism is a practice used by people of all races. I've seen it. <laughs> It's, yeah but in this oh, context absolutely. like we all know the person who like imagine any influencer that you've made apologize for not talking about black lives matter because there was that trend going where people were like hey i follow insert influencer oh, yes. here and they haven't said anything about black lives matter what should i do and so what what happens is it results in the influencer coming up and saying, hey, like, I just want to let you know that I have been talking about this in my own circles. And like, you, as you can imagine, like, this is a really touchy topic and it's a point of contention. And I find it oh so God. difficult. And I've been like stressed out. I've been losing sleep on how to best approach this. And just because I haven't said anything, don't think I haven't been working behind the scenes. And like, obviously, like, I've, I've tried to have these conversations in my DMs, but it just results in people getting mad at me and like... Honestly, I feel as though like there's a better way to handle it, and I feel it. And these oh are these things are all valuable, but they they almost derail the direction of the conversation. So like mm. bringing up these 
these could be valuable points in response to a situation that just requires you to almost like surrender is the issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody wow. should read this article. It's called What is Toxic White Feminism on Harper's Bazaar. It's very interesting. And I, I just, I don't know. I keep coming back to whenever I see these kind of like the friction in the way people practice feminism, I go back to the episode where Bobo yeah. said that a lot of people have forgotten that feminism should be um, almost like a, a destination, not something you identify as always. So people have gotten the yeah. I identify with feminism part down pat, but you also maybe have forgotten the fundamental principles of what feminism was put in place to do. You know, right. we're accelerating, yeah. we're ascending, yeah. we're getting out of the now into the future. And it's like we've most of us have taken the knowledge that we've learned and we haven't done anything that's propelled us anywhere but here. And that's why I kind of get frustrated. It's like you take rough. these feminist principles and you stoop down to the level of like your impressor to do what exactly? <laughs> to d- literally, but that's literally what... And it's like, that's why I'm so bored by feminism because particularly white, the premise of white feminism is not to liberate women. It's to access patriarchal power. Like a lot of people conflate liberation with access to privilege. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, which is why I have such a problem with girl boss feminism too, because it's like you being the CEO of a company where your entire executive board is white people, all your employees are white, that didn't do anything for women. All that did was give you access to patriarchal power so that you too can oppress women beneath you, which are women of color by and large. So like, what is the point of feminism if all it does is give women access to power just to oppress those that are beneath them? Like, what did that actually do for anyone? I really feel like people need to interrogate, like, what does it mean to be liberated, especially under capitalism? Like, what does liberation actually look like? And, like, define that for yourself with terms that extend outside of, like, these nebulous terms like feminism that were given to us by other people, like... When Bella Thorne decided that she's going to go save sex workers from their plight, like she just didn't even stop to think about what does it mean to be liberated from the shackles of patriarchy when you're a woman living under white supremacist patriarchal capitalism? Like, what does that even look like? Because all she ended up doing was making $2 million for herself. I actually feel like this Bella Thorne situation is the perfect summation of what feminism is it is white women acting as saviors and pretending it's all in good faith and pretending it is virtuous only to benefit themselves and their own pockets and to leave people to leave the people who are actually marginalized worse off than they actually were i just don't think it's a coincidence that feminism has been around for so long and yet the plight of black women or the black experience or the experience of sex workers etc just does not change like it it, it's just stayed completely stagnant how what was the intention to begin with food that's my rant for the day i like that rant (laughs) yeah which brings us on to our next only fan story which 
when I posted it, I didn't foresee it being controversial or I didn't think that I would have to elaborate any further than what I said when I posted what I did, but we live Mm. and we learn. So the other day I was on Insider um, and I was reading an article with the headline that says, an Instagram influencer has been posting pregnancy updates on OnlyFans charging $9.99 for a subscription to see baby bump pictures. I screenshotted this and I said, (laughs) powerful, and went about my day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Somebody, so I would say in response to that, I probably got maybe like 20 or so messages ranging from this ain't it, sis, to uh, question mark, question mark, question mark, to wait, what do we think about this? And I was going to ignore it, but I kind of thought, you know what, I haven't, I haven't talked my shit in a second and I was feeling like today would be the day. So basically I responded to the girl that said, what do we think about this? Purely because I wanted to make, um, I mean, I I was, yeah, I was using her as an example because it rubbed me the wrong way that she, (laughs) like, I almost prefer people saying this ain't it. I hate it. Fuck this bitch. Rather than her being like, well, what do we think? Because she could not take a moment to figure out if this was offensive, if she didn't mind, if she was indifferent. She was going to default to what I thought and now like spit it back at someone as verbatim or vitriol because I heard it. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, let me respond to this. And so I said something to the effect of, I think it's powerful. She's capitalizing off of people's nosiness. She is claiming a new space for herself because her current one has been overrun by trolls and bullying and harassment. She has identified a value in this, in this, you know, situation that she's offering, which is inherently inconsequential to anyone, but that isn't her or her husband or her family. But yet you Mm. want to pay for this access. The thing with OnlyFans is it's not as though it's by force. You don't have to be on there. If you choose to be on there, you've identified that what the person's offering is worth the money that they're asking for it. So if anything, Mm. if she's able to capitalize on the fact that you hoes won't mind your business, then let her have it. I think it's incredible. And the fact that she actually is able to do that, because like we said, very few of us could get on the internet and charge for something that quote unquote should be free it's so banal. because that was a lot of the yeah. the response why is she paying for something that we could see for free have you forgotten that you it is like so wild that you're able to access people's <laughs> intimate lives for free yeah and i said i think my closing pass why is my that closing statement was like if you think that somebody identifying or placing a value on their personal lives for your entertainment or edu- education is sus then i'm sus on you like check yourself for a yeah. second so of the people that responded, there are a few were like, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And then others were like, no, no, no. This is like Bella Thorne 2.0. Wait, how? And this is what I'm saying, right? So it doesn't take, and this is not like a do your Googles type conversation, but it doesn't take a lot of thinking to see the similarities. Yes. But also the vast differences. So London, uh, this girl's name, London Goheen. She has like 500 and something thousand followers on Instagram. So she's not a small fish by any means. And we can probably say like she comfortably makes a pretty decent salary off being on Instagram and that she 
quote unquote, doesn't need OnlyFans to make an income. I don't think that's the point that we're making here. I think that's a point that we could have used for Bella Thorne because she's a multimillionaire. But Literally, having 500,000 yeah. followers doesn't equate to having a decent Millions income. of dollars. Definitely not millions. Yeah. I mean, it could, but a decent income, probably not as decent as you get from being on Netflix and the Disney Channel. And yeah. I had to, in responding to people, I was trying to remind them that... OnlyFans by nature is a platform for people to share their their content behind a paywall. If she's identified that it's unsafe for her to be sharing her pregnancy updates for her, and she says that anyone who's who's distinctly interested can go and follow me, then that's what she can do. Also, let's yeah. let's like lay out some similarities or some comparisons, sorry. Bella Thorne had fifty thousand people sign up to her OnlyFans, right? As of today, London has 180. So, like, the extraction of what she's taking, if you could argue that she's going to now impact somebody else's uh, income because of how big her platform is, this has 100 and some people following her. Like, it's not coming for your check. Also, she is using the app as of today as it should be used. She's being very forthcoming about what she's doing it for. She's not lying to anyone. Whereas Bella Thorne yeah. came on the app, scammed her audience into thinking that she's going to send them news say... and then just didn't. <laughs> a whole scammer. How is this even comparable? Like... Um, and also, by nature, like we understand that a lot of sex workers said that OnlyFans is their source of income during the pandemic. And that is totally fine. But... How can we conflate two people with a platform using the platform, one doing it incorrectly and one doing it correctly as cut from the same cloth? And this is my frustration with a lot of, um, how do I explain it? Like I can imagine the amount of people who came, who came at me were like, this is just like OnlyFans. Uh, is, they're the issue. <laughs> like you spend more time trying to, like berate people or bring them down or educate through whatever that is through like undercutting or side swiping but i guarantee you didn't spend the same amount of energy just doing a google a quick comparison literally it took me or just four, a quick thing a quick like... thing i had to post four four slides of my story which was just a screenshot of an article that clearly listed out what bella thorne did and a measly one screenshot of this woman for you to see that they're not even similar. And people were saying afterwards, well, wow. so the people who initially were like, no, fuck this. Like she should have gone. She can't be on OnlyFans. We're now like, well, couldn't she have used Patreon? Yes. She could have absolutely used anything, but that's not the point that you're making. But she went to OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> like why? Why? I feel like there's, there's misogyny in this. Like, there's like some deep-rooted misogyny in these responses too i feel like people as much as they would hate to admit i definitely feel like people hate to see women just capitalizing off of being women mm -hmm. despite the fact that men do that shit men get paid to do absolutely nothing men get paid to be sociopaths mm -hmm. and people hate to see women just getting paid to exist mm -hmm. As it like, why does anyone need to justify their payment? Like, why why is it not enough to just be a like, bitch? If you want to sell pictures of your fetus, 
sell pictures of your fetus like it is what it is why are you so pressed and it's every day her body her rules she can do what she wants exactly but suddenly, exactly when it, she does use her body as she wants to it's a big no 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 she's she's, she's capitalizing on this other woman's whatever <laughs> or she's mimicking this other woman's behavior and therefore she is impacting these other women and it's like you are perpetuating the idea that there can only be one because yeah. without even if you if you truly believe there could be more than one like in in this instance you would have gone out of yeah. your way to see how it could work instead you default mm. to oh she can't be here oh no 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 oh no 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 this is not good oh no 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 she's gonna do what Belle did it's like you are nah. now penalizing her for a narrative mm-hmm. that doesn't even align with her story if we had seen instances of this girl being a scammer if she was Carolyn Callawaying of course. Let us say that it is likely that she's going to do something to impact people. But this is common girl with a few hundred thousand followers using the platform as intended. And your first instinct is to say, oh, no, she's going to do something bad. She's pulling a bit of Oh, no, we can't trust her to do something right because women dumb. Women can't think for themselves. Women so likely to neglect the terms and conditions. Like, whose side are you on? (laughs) Honestly... And Always on the side of the oppressor. That's it. That's and it's what white feminism is. Exactly. And it's not everyday, you know, believe, like, it's not everyday believe women outside of, like, the context of logic. But why was your instinct to assume that this woman was doing the wrong thing? Mm, Something yeah. was off. Something was, and then what I was saying to Boba earlier before we started recording is that there were a select few people who were like, why are you defending this girl so heavily? Why are you defending her? Is it because she's an influencer? I hate that. Baby, I couldn't even tell you her name. (laughs) Like, I just see what I see. And I'm happy to defend or justify or rationalize to people who don't understand the logic I'm using, right? It doesn't, like, for me, I took this girl out of the equation as soon as I read the article. Like, if I really cared about how this girl fits into the greater picture. I would have done my research, Googled who she was. Apparently she's dating some guy who's, who used to date some other influencer. I don't know. It's not my business. I don't really care. But me justifying my own approach and my logic to a situation isn't justification for this person as an individual. Again, it goes back to the fact that when we have these quote-unquote critical discussions, we're almost like, we're discussing the systems at play that make exactly. these situations happen. Very rarely are we like, that girl is the problem and she did this yeah. and she needs to... It's like, no, we use her as um, a jumping off point to have this greater discussion. But as it goes, like, it could be any fucking influencer using the OnlyFans to show her baby bump. I would have written for them the same. It doesn't matter. Unless yeah, they do something that makes me feel as though you're, like, you're... How do I explain it? Your first instinct was justified. But this, anyway, this is the same. Twitter feminism, Instagram feminism, Facebook group feminism. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> you will end up in McDonald's. Let me tell you. <laughs> Immediately. No, Twitter feminism has never saved anyone. Mm-mm. No one has been liberated from white feminism, from Instagram. It just... It just, it's also just the refusal to critically think, like the refusal to use nuance when you're looking at two different situations. 
I feel like people just copy paste what they heard from one situation that sounds vaguely similar to another and like that's their politics. Like, what do they think of this? <laughs> I hate it. But I guess that is the point of influences. Like I think people use influences as templates for their personalities. Mm. Not in a rude way, but like I feel like for a lot of people to come up with your own personality is so much work. So they'll follow Flex and ask Flex, what do you think? Mm. And incorporate Flex's thoughts into their own simulated mind. Mm -hmm. Because it's just too much of an effort to just come up with your own character. 100%. Which is also why I think that like if we were to reflect back on an episode we would have done a year ago, I would have been far more sympathetic for people who didn't see my point of view because a big part of like introductory to feminism or social wokeness is to not only increase your understanding but to make sure that you're increasing the understanding of people who orbit the same spaces as you do so I would have been far Mm. more forgiving or far more open to educating the white girl who didn't understand tan how tanning can be offensive a year ago but for now <laughs> a big sort of like my approach to just self-betterment is like focus on yourself because in this instance right like the conversation I'm not going to go onto OnlyFans I'm not going to do sex work or whatever but it's super important to me that people understand my perspective on like feminism and you know commodifying one's body and you know should women have the rights to do what they want and when they want because it's in instances like this where we get it twisted how can you like where where is all this reading going we're arguing like all this Mm. internet arguing all this twitter feminism just to get to a point where we're looking at women's advancement in a way that matches the time and you can't process it do you know what i mean like looking it's all like you know women can do what they want women can be who they want to be women should have the range to like make money how they want to and you see one claiming a space for herself finding ways to make sure that she's able to provide an income for her kids in a way that suits her and your first instinct is to be like no it can't happen just in case just in case wow her behavior might impact other people Wow. Focus on the real oppressor. <laughs> and when Honestly, I say the real oppressor, is it oppressor every day? <laughs> I'm not talking about men, you know, but I'm talking about the systems and structures that have like warped mm. our brains in this way that it takes almost like <laughs> it takes a scolding of a stranger for you to like check yourself. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's like how you honestly should even get paid to respond to certain <laughs> DMs. Like I can't believe you do this shit for free. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what? What is the point? It's every time. Uh, like recently, I was having this discussion in our Facebook group about um, just about because I in my other podcast, whatever I want, I had talked about Facebook groups with Abby Chatfield and. On our Facebook group, or in our Facebook group, sorry, I said I can't speak for Abby and her podcast, but if you want any other insight on what I think about our podcast group, let me know. And I asked that because I knew yeah. people don't listen to the podcast, so they might not hear us ranting and raving about the group. Yeah. And so a few of the points I was making, like people were asking me, you know, like what, almost like what is your utopia for this group? Like 
how would you change it and what changes would you make? And I, and I was saying like the group is so far gone because it's almost like a, a great case study on the fact that you can have all the information that you want at your fingertips. Mm. You can have almost a really fair playing ground to exercise the ideas that you've learned and to apply them and people still won't. So, you know, like we talk about like the advancement of society and like how we want utopias and like post-capitalism and whatever. But I really think that our Facebook group is like a little sample size of how these things will never happen because people are still waiting for somebody else to set in those rules and regulations to make it happen. Absolutely. Like you have this one unregulated space where you can be the boss. You can set the rules. You can make the change. You can be the change you want to see. There's this little colony, a little community, and it's, it's a wayward, lawless place. And it will only take a couple people to say, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to be better. And like, I would say less than 1% will step up and do that. Myself included. Yeah. But I, I'm not, <laughs> what's the word? I'm not deluding myself into thinking that I have aspirations of grandeur for this space. I'm not doing that. Oh but yeah, absolutely. No, I feel you. Those who do, it's like, this is your breeding ground. If you can't, almost like exercise or apply your learnings in this very specific space, then I'm not sure how you're going to do it in like the quote unquote real world. Well, that's the thing. Like the reason people will never overcome in any realm is because people are so, and this is a product of white supremacy and capitalism. People are so accustomed to looking outside of themselves for solutions. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because if the podcast group was really a space where people who just listened to the podcast were hanging out, the disagreement would be far better because obviously we're coming from a similar perspective of wanting to understand and grow and learn and whatever. And somebody had written in the podcast group, a really great comment. And she'd said like, she listened to the podcast and understands the difficulty in moderating the groups, but she's also listened to us talk about this dilemma on the show before and that she understands that we don't want to police opinions and at the end of the day, critical thinking requires everyone to get uncomfortable. But, you know, our group is like bedlam. The comments are bedlam. Is self-moderation truly possible? And I was reflecting on that question a lot because I feel as though sometimes individuals have the, um, almost like the ability to catastrophize and to make everything seem harder than it is just to take away the responsibility of actually changing. I do it all the fucking time. Mm. Every time I don't want to do my laundry, every time I don't want to have, you know, a hard conversation, every time I want to try something new, it's because I've convinced myself that it will be harder to do than it is. And I think that what people are getting concerned or not concerned, what people are getting twisted with our approach to the Facebook group is that, People keep saying things like, we understand that you don't want to do extra work. We understand that you don't want to police opinions. And it's like, that's that's an expansion of the main thought, which is yeah. you should be able to curate and create the space that you want to orbit. I don't know why yeah. we've gotten to a point where, like, the way I see it in my head is like people like, the group is overrun by white feminists, so we can't do anything about it. And it's like, are you Block sure? them like like have you seen the person of color in that group who's like who's uh, who has the ability to critically think is scary to these people who are white and also colonizing like you hoes are scary to them they are shaking at the thought of you like if you checking them but it's the fact that like 
in checking them, we almost, almost stoop to their level because we under, like, I think that most of us want to check and then rehabilitate, right? We want to check and then make sure you've got the point and make sure you fixed it and make sure that any thought that you have afterwards is going to match what we've educated. And that's not, what, that's not what's happening. We're only here to plant seeds and move on. Yeah. Because it's back and yeah, forth. Like, it's just not, it's not helping. <laughs> it's not, but it's also just recognizing that a moderator will not save you. Like, I think a lot of people in the beginning also wanted to be moderators. But it was like, no, you will you will get attacked and dragged the fuck out of this group as a moderator. Like, it's not going to work. I also really do truly believe that anarchy... Anarchy is not an end goal, but it, it is a means to an end. Wow, so my Wi-Fi has completely shut off. So this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys for listening so far. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a Patreon. So if you'd like to listen to ad-free episodes and join a community of people to have... um intellectually stimulating conversations then go to patreon.com slash bobo and flex to support us also our episodes will no longer be on soundcloud but we will be on spotify apple music every platform except for soundcloud (laughs) thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.